everybody to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stumpf. And Alex, we're halfway through the season. We're, believe it or not, we're halfway done. Wow. Well, yeah. not including the playoffs. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, cannot, you can't forget the playoffs. So, really, we're with 31 games into the 60-game season and three-game, you know, playoff series that they'll get decimated by the Dodgers in. Yeah. All right, so instead of talking about a series that hasn't ended yet, we're going to save the Brewers-Pirates um, discussion for tomorrow's show, uh, along with trade deadline stuff. We're going to save all of that for tomorrow. There's going to be plenty to talk about between, like we said, the end of the series and the end of the trade deadline. Tomorrow's show is going to be jam-packed with everything. Um, so for today's show, to start off the week, we thought it would be a reflection period on the first half of the season. We kind of did this for the one-third point. We'll do this for the halfway point as well. Um, we're going to go back on our award selections. We won't necessarily review the predictions we made. We'll do that at the very end of the year. But we're just going to give out our midseason awards. The first half of the show, we'll do the Pirates midseason. And the second half of the show, we'll do MLB midseason. That sound good to you, Alex? Yeah, yeah that sounds good. You know, this is also going to be – Weird for me because I've got a I've got a good chance of actually voting for the NL awards this year. There you go. Yeah. That's exciting. So do yeah, I? this might be my my sneak preview of like rookie of the year or whatever. Do you, do I get to vote or no? No, you have to be BWAA. Oh, okay. Are you so, in that? Yeah. Wow. I got added in February, so I don't know if this counts as like a full year or if it's like a service time deal for whenever I get, like, a Hall of Fame vote. That's dope. All right. Well, when they make one of those for podcasters, I'll, I'll definitely be in it. So Yeah. All right, Al- <laughs> All right, Alex. So, Pirates Awards, I have the categories are best hitter, best fielder, best pitcher, biggest surprise, and biggest disappointment. Some of these we're going to have to really think about. Some of these are going to be very easy to fill out. Do you want to start us off with best hitter? Yeah, and, you know – Noah was kind enough to tip his pitches to me on who he was going to pick, so we don't have as much overlap. But I'm I'm sorry, there, I there's only one possible person for the best hitter award, and that and that's Jacob Stallings. I mean, I guess you could maybe say Phil Evans, but it, he was only here a couple weeks. That was only a couple weeks. You can't build it off. Stallings has been really the only person on this team to give consistent at bats through this whole month of the season and he's gotten on base we've seen a a little bit of power not a ton but enough for a catcher but here's a guy who's hitting well over 300 has an obp that's flirting with 400 there was no good way to say coming in be like hey jacob stallings is the team's best hitter there was no scenario where that was going to be good and this isn't (laughs) this isn't ideal but he's the only guy that you look in the lineup you're like yeah this guy has actually been a a good hitter actually a really good hitter so far this year yeah and I mean that's my pick as well um you're seeing him move up in the batting order and I think what's the most impressive and it, it you can't really quant I mean you can uh like with high leverage situation metrics and everything but he's he's been clutch he hits well with runners in scoring position he hits well with runners on base and it's crazy to think this I would have never 
imagine this being the scenario coming into this year, even if you told me that the Pirates would be 10 and, what, 21 at this point in the season. Um, if you would have told me that tie game, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded two outs, you're going to want Jacob Stallings at the plate for the Pirates. I would have been like, there's just no way. But, I mean, he's the person that if I'm betting on the Pirates, if I want the Pirates to win – that's who I'd want up in the plate in that situation. He's been their best player offensively. And to transition to our next best defensive player, he's been the best defensive player for the Pirates. Between yep. the pitches, between the pickoffs, between the caught stealings, between the blocking, and even his work with the pitching staff, he's been all around not only the best player at his position, uh, but one of the best defensive players in baseball, according to fan graphs. Um, yeah, I mean, I know some people get tired of the framing talk and everything, but, I mean, just look at the other stuff. Like, how do you measure a catcher's defensive ability? If it, is it by throwing runners out? Well, he does that well. His pickoffs to first base. I feel like, in general, the pitching staff has done a lot better with picking runners off this season, and that comes pretty much exclusively to the catcher. They, they decide when that's going to happen, nine times out of ten. Um, and just – yeah, like the blocking and, you know, this pitching staff, some of these guys, when they throw the ball, they have no idea where it's going. They, they, they think they do, but in reality, I mean, some of these guys have no control. And the fact that he's limited, he saved a lot of wild pitches this year, which saved a lot of runs. So he's been great defensively. Yeah, Stallings is the best defensively, and I'll pay for him. But unlike Hitter, there is someone who I think is a clear, like, second best on the team and that has been Brian Reynolds. Yeah. Someone who could who really is I don't know what the scouting report everyone had to work on Brian Reynolds this year, but they really tested that arm and man did they make a mistake by doing it. And so he's making the throws that he needs to make. He can cover good ground. It's he is having a disappointing year at the plate, but he's still a positive player so far and above replacement level player solely because of that defense right now like it's to the point that okay he's going to miss some time because of the paternity uh list and you know who knows how long the protocols were but there is a time and it still kind of is right now where it's like maybe this guy gets a gold glove knob this year out in left field yeah i mean it's the arm and, and like you said it's not just the arm though i mean he's He's made a, to me, what's most impressive is his ability to play the foul line. I think, I mean, he, he, I've seen him make that catch, that sliding catch right along the left field uh, foul line uh, in the dirt, right up against the, the padded green wall out there in PNC Park. I mean, he seems to make one of those once a game. I mean, he, he defends and he does well going to his left as well, going into the gap, which is important playing left field in PNC Park with the north side notch there. Um, but yeah, he's done great defending his position. I feel like the Pirates have had a couple of really good defenders this year. Eric Gonzalez has played some really good defense. Um, you hear a hot take? What? You want to hear a hot take? Sure. I think Big Greg's been pretty good in the field so far this year. Yeah, it hasn't been terrible. Yeah. Had, I mean, the arm, the arm is clearly not as strong as it once was, but he's, you know, he's picked up a couple assists. He's made a couple running catches out in the field he almost brought back that home run against the against, White Sox yeah 
I mean, I look at Greg, Greg in right field now. It's not like, oh, man, well, he's just out there as a defensive liability. No, here's a guy who can play a, not as good of a right field as we saw early on in his career, but a competent right field. Yeah, he's fine. Um, best pitcher, Alex, who do you got? I mean, <laughs> almost everyone on this staff has shown some good points this year. It had, like, a bad blemish. Mm-hmm. And my guy had probably the worst blemish of them all, and his season stats are way out of whack because of it. But I have seen so much good stuff from Trevor Williams this year. I have seen the fastball the way that it's supposed to move. I saw the slider pick up better. The curveball has been as advertised. You can see the clear step that he took with Marine during the offseason. The changeup, I think, has been just phenomenal, the way that he's able to play off of the fastball in that regard. I think Williams is the guy that whenever you give the ball to someone, he gives you the best chance to win so far this season. And I know the irony of saying that about a one-and-five pitcher. And, yes, he just got rocked in Chicago. But, man, Everyone two of the home Chicago. runs barely, barely, barely cleared the wall during a windy day. Who knows what would have happened if they would have stayed in the park? Like, if they would have stayed in the park, here's a guy who would have the most innings on staff in, like, a 3.5 ERA. Yeah. I mean. I see the most good stuff You know, with I him. mean, they didn't. So, but. I know they didn't, but I see a lot of good stuff with them. I, I, the way I look at Trevor is he's had, what, six starts now? I believe seven, so. Six or seven. Half of them have been bad. There's no way around it. Half of his starts have been bad. Half of them have been good, which you'll take on this team. Uh, but half of them have been bad. I don't and think I, half I can't, of them have been bad. I think his it's first really start just, of the year was bad. That was St. bad Lewis. because he had a very short leash at the beginning. He could have kept going. Okay, was, but it was bad. I mean, you can have a caveat it, that goes that bad whenever he, the relief pitcher went, like three allows innings. all the inherited runners to score. He went three innings. That's bad. He threw like sixty pitches. That's bad. I, I don't, I'm sorry that he was pulled not, after 60 pitches. I mean, that's not better. his fault. It is. Throw less pitches. Get outs. 60 pitches in the fourth inning? That's fine. No. That's bad. Uh, he had a that's, bad inning against the Cubs his oh next God. outing, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he didn't throw well against Cleveland. Oh against Bieber. He only went four innings. Uh, I mean, by his standards, I expect him to go five every time. That's just not I, – I, I don't know. I mean, that's – is that how low the bar is? That we can't expect, quote-unquote, best pitcher on this pitching staff to go five innings? I'm sorry. And now after I say you that, I'm going to – You cited two examples of why he can't go five innings. And one he's of them thrown is, six times this year. He's thrown six times this year. He's only gone more than five innings twice. Whatever. Say it. I, I, yeah. All right. Anyway. Oh, man. Thank goodness we're like a time zone apart. We'd be throwing hands right now. Uh, Alex would be beating my ass. Um, my picture, or my picture in the all irony of making fun of guys for not going five innings, uh-huh. my picture of the year is Chad Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing he has a reason why he can't go five innings. It's because he just had a freaking new arm basically put on his body. So uh, I think that he has been. Someone that anytime Chad Cool's on the mound, I feel like the Pirates, like you said with Trevor, I feel like he gives them their best shot to win. I thought the piggybacking worked because of him. 
I thought, I mean, Brault was good too, but he, I think the second part of that piggyback is really what determines it. Um, and then they move him into the starters role. He's been pretty solid there. I think he has the lowest DRA on the team out of all the starters. I, I, I get, if you look into the advanced metrics, it doesn't look as sustainable. I understand that. But right now, based off of what he's done and his – I mean, coming off of Tommy John, you never know how a guy's going to perform. He looks pretty damn, damn good. So I'm going to go Chad Cole as my pitcher of the year. Alex, your quick rebuttal. Yeah, Chad Cole is probably actually the pitcher of the year. Out of everyone on the staff, I went with Trevor, though, because I feel like Trevor's innings are more – More valuable. You no, know, extra ones. He wasn't quite as, as coddled. Chad Cole is probably the most talented pitcher on staff right now. All right. Biggest surprise, real quick. I'm going to go Eric Gonzalez. Do you have anyone else? Phil Evans. Fair. And oh, biggest disappointment. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's just do this. Who do you want to go with? There's, there's two clear ones, in my opinion. See, I'm, I'm going to go with Big Greg. Okay. That was a because... third one. Because I speak it as someone who who saw a lot of good stuff from Polanco during spring training, and, and it's like, hey, here's a lot. I wrote a lot of stuff. It's like, here are the good things that he's doing in spring training, and even during summer camp, this has been bad. I mean, here's a guy who <laughs> some some of it isn't all his fault. Some of it isn't all his fault. Like he's, I've seen more than any other batter. You know, he hit a hard line drive that just got run down in the gap mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Like the Babip gods absolutely hate him. They despise big Greg Polanco. And, you know, at this point of the year, if you would have told me, hey, Gregory's healthy and he's hit five home runs in the first month of the season, it'd be like, okay, I guess he's back. But, oh, my God, so many whiffs, so many chases, so many times he misses fastballs. Polanco has gone, at least in my eyes, in this month season. And yes, I know you have to put an asterisk next to it because it is only a month, really, that this season's been going on, like five weeks or so. He went from a guy who, if he could, I thought that if he could just stay healthy, we could see a lot of good things from him. And now that he is healthy, you see the return of the power. You even see, like I said, some of that return in the field. And even base running, he's been fine you know, for the most part, but he just can't hit the damn ball consistently anymore, which was <laughs> never really a problem for him. Yeah, that, he could always hit. Thing. I mean, he wasn't one of these guys who struck out 30% of the time no. in the past. No, he, he had a reasonable strikeout rate and a pretty good walk rate. Yeah. <laughs> this is so uncharacteristic, so weird, so bad, just bad, bad, bad. Gregory Polanco guy who has the biggest disappointment so far i'm gonna go josh bell um he's hitting the ball well i know that was your game story is that he might be turning it around um which is a good independent thought on your end uh <laughs> um, we, we both thought that one no i know i i was like <laughs> we bounce ideas off of each other um yeah. but yeah josh bell is hitting the ball well i mean he hit that car which was kind of cool um, but it's been an immensely disappointing season for Josh Bell. After what we saw from him in 2019, you had those worries where, okay, which guy are we going to get? Are we going to get the red hot guy or are we going to get the slumping guy? Because the slumping guy made some appearances as well. And in a 60 game season, 
you can't afford for that guy to show up because he can screw you up big time. And Josh Bell has proven to be, I think, a little bit of a head case. I mean, that, that's a tough term to deal out. But I think when you look at all of his problems, it, it goes with, you know, mechanics and, 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 you know, and chasing away pitches and everything. He gets in his own head. I think that that's a fair criticism to deal with. And you can't get in your own head in a short season like this because it, it, it grat or not gratified. It magnifies, excuse me, uh, all the mistakes. Everything feels like it's a bigger deal than what it is. And you start trying too hard. And I think that that's what we've seen from JB this year. And that's a big reason why he has been as bad as he's been. And hopefully, you know, he turns it around, but I mean, this was a guy they were probably hoping to deal at this deadline or maybe next season and or next off season. And it's going to be hard to do that during either time period, unless if he really, really, really starts hitting the ball here in these last, you know, 29 games. So whenever we started this podcast, what was my summary for what's going to determine this season? Which podcast? Like this, this, podcast. this, this one here on yeah. DK, uh, We've had like three of them now, it feels like. Uh, but <laughs> well, we uh, remember Sunday lineups? <laughs> the, the two whole episodes? Yes, that Dan is our – was like, all right, I've heard enough. Just, just get him a contract. Get him on here. <laughs> Alex is dying. Um, no, but what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, you said, you know, it's going to – the Pirates' success is going to be determined on their good players. And the, the good players that were healthy were Josh Bell and Brian Reynolds. Yeah. And both of them have stunk. Even more than that, this season was going to come down to 10 swings of the bat. And for as how, how terrible the Pittsburgh Pirates have been through the first half of this season, if you look in the standings, they're five games out. All right? Now, head math, what is the opposite of – what is half of 10 swings? Five swings. Five swings of the bat different. The Pirates are very much alive in this playoff discussion. And you think there, there are a couple games where they gave those wins away. Yep. I mean, yep. a couple against the Brewers come to mind, the one against the Indians. Those Miguel Del Pozo in Minnesota is the number one example I can think of of the Pirates just absolutely throwing away a game. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been numerous instances. So that's all we got for the first half. When we come back, we will talk MLB halfway point awards here on the podcast to be named later. And we're back, and it is time to give out our MLB halfway point awards. Alex, I have I'm looking through my list here, and I have a lot of changes than what my uh, the my predictions that I made at the beginning of the season. So, and I'm sure you will as well. Um, a couple, a couple here and there. Let's just get right into it. I'll start off. I'll give both of my MVPs. You give a reaction. Then you give me yours, okay? My National League MVP, I can't see you disagreeing with me on this one. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. He's been the most electric player in baseball this season. Uh, he's been great in the field. He's been amazing at the, at the dish. He's hitting home runs. He's hitting well for average. He's doing it all. I mean, he's running the base as well. He's been must-see TV if you're a baseball fan. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think he is a – it's his award to lose more than any of these others. You could make a debate for pretty much – there's one other award, I think, that, like, is a lock pretty much. Um, but I think he's got as good a chance as any – or he's the front runner for this award for the rest of the year. My AL MVP, 
this is this is a little bit of a crazy pick, but I think it, considering the impact that he's had, um, how dominant he's been, and because it's a short season, Shane Bieber. There's a good chance Shane Bieber goes undefeated this year. I mean, if you think about it. If he goes 10-0 and with an ERA under two, I don't know how you don't give him the most valuable player, especially if the Indians win that division over two really good teams that have loaded offenses. I don't know. I mean, his strikeouts, like, it's, it's mind-blowing to me as a gambler that Vegas continues to make his line on strikeouts seven and a half every single time. I can't think of any instance where he wouldn't have at least eight strikeouts. I mean, he is easy money in that sense. He's just easy money as a victory. Shane Bieber is just on another level. There are guys who have similar numbers to him and some at, like they're, um, there's a guy I'm going to talk about later in the show who has a similar ERA. Some guys have similar whips or whatever, uh, but his strikeout numbers, the whole package, he has just been incredible. So that's my NL and AL MVPs. And I think that would be the first pitcher to win the MVP since, correct me if I'm wrong, is that Verlander? In the AL. Yes. Kershaw won. Kershaw won in the NL. But Verlander yeah, in 2011, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're just going to be gun shy to give MVP awards back to pitchers after, you know, back like a couple years ago, Jacob DeGrom was clearly the best player in the National League, but yeah. they gave it to Yelich because they wanted to go to a position player. Yeah. They, they, they got their fill of, okay, starting pitchers could win MVPs too. But after that. All okay. Right. Your reaction to mine. I, I, I can't really argue with the – I can't argue with Tatis. He's definitely, at the very least, a front runner. And he's one of the most dynamic, exciting players to watch in baseball. He is an absolute joy in this game. And Bieber, it's just, I don't think that they're going to vote in another starting But, what is but it at the vote? end of the year, I believe that whenever we look at everyone, like, yeah, that guy actually was the most valuable player to his team, especially if the if Cleveland goes to the playoffs, I hate having that caveat for an MVP. You don't need to be the most valuable. You don't have to go to the playoffs to be the most valuable player, but. Let me add another thing too. They're able to trade Mike Clevenger. Yeah. While while they're in first place or second place in their division because of their depth. And, you know, they have a lot of talented rookies. But if Bieber's not in that staff, there's no chance they even think about trading a guy who they have two-plus years of control left with. So, or no, it's like one year still, but whatever it is. Still, that's, again, Clevenger's a top-20 pitcher in the game, and they can deal him for what they're going to get is a, probably a top-30 prospect in baseball in return to make their team better in the future because they have him excelling to the level that he's doing. And that's, that's value to me. I don't know. All right. My two, uh, starting with the National League. There are two people who are very clearly duking it out right now. It's Tatis and it's Mookie Betts. Yes. So I'm not going to pick either one of them. I'm going to pick the dark horse here. Okay. Yaz. Dude. Yes. Yaz has Yes outstanding for the Giants. And again, you don't need to make the playoffs to be the MVP. But if the Giants get one of those wild card spots, it will be solely because 
Mike Yastrzemski mm-hmm. handled the energy of his grandfather to become the best damn player that he could possibly be. Where is that coming from, right? I mean, this guy was toiling around in the minor leagues for years. For like eight years or something. Like crazy. Yeah, and then he had, a good, he had a really good year last year, but then just another level this time. Dude, and I know a lot of that... has been incredible. I yes. mean, he's hitting the ball well. He has, he has like, I don't know, like nine or ten home runs, I think, or something. But his fielding is what impresses me. I didn't know he was a good fielder. He is, at least through the first couple months of the season, like a rare five-tool player. Like yeah. anything you could hope from a player, that is Yastrzemski. Plus, how awesome is it that I can talk about Yastrzemski winning an MVP in the year of our Lord 2020? That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. for right now, I NL think, MVP too, you know? like it's, Yeah, completely different. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think he is the dark horse out of this. Like if Tatis and Betts maybe split votes – or whatever. I don't know how it's all going to work. He I just he like deserves some recognition. I'm glad you brought him up. What's his he's like at a, like a 17 war or something. Like he he's got, he's got a very high war. Into T's are basically neck and neck. Like we're yeah. talking about point 0.1, point 0.2. Yeah. To the point that you can't use war in your argument yes. to for MVP, which transitions me to my AL MVP, someone who there are a couple people who have a higher war than him. But, man, I don't think there is anyone who means more to their offense right now in the American League than Nelson Cruz for the Twins, mm-hmm. which is wild for me to think that I'm picking a designated hitter to be in the MVP discussion. Yeah. But, man, this guy just gets better with age. He does. He's hitting for power. He's getting on base. Who cares if he can't run or field anymore? This guy is here for, for two things, and that's to hit dingers and hit dingers. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. He's I doing mean, that. He's doing both of those very well. Yeah. I, it's probably going to be a trout-type deal again, or someone is going to pull away and be the clear MVP whenever it's all said and done. But for right now, no, I, Nelson Cruz at the halfway point. Trout would be the front runner if he didn't have a kid. Let's be yeah. real. I mean, he left because he had a child. Well, his yeah. wife had the child. Um, that'd be even more impressive if he had the baby. But he... <laughs> <laughs> this but man could do it all. He except really except win a playoff game. Barry Bonds could never. Um, <laughs> but no, it's gonna end up being Trout. But for the time being, it's fun to talk about other American League players. You know, Cy Youngs. Alex, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, let's be Shane Bieber. That's there's yeah. no way around it. Again, we picked it at the beginning of the season, so we're not exactly jumping on the bandwagon. But best we thought we liked Shane Bieber before he became mainstream. Yeah, before he became the best pitcher in baseball. Before he was before he sold out and everyone knew who he was. See, I have absolutely no. I have nothing to add with Shane Bieber. Yeah, like, stuff. I, I hope everyone who listened to this was able to watch the Pirates face Shane Bieber because that wasn't even A-list or top of his game Shane Bieber. No. And he just Just, just watch him. When he pitches, watch him. I watch every single time he pitches. It's, it's incredible. Mainly because I bet on the Indians when he pitches. But, I mean, he is just really freaking good. Yeah, he is. He's a lot of good. Really good. Um, and I'll, I really tried to find someone else, dude. No, go for it. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Max Fried. I mean, yeah. That's how can I argue with a 135 ERA? He's he's five and oh two, isn't he? 
yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's just as, yeah sorry there's nothing no. I can, <laughs> there is no halfway through there is no other answer for Cy Young Trevor Bauer's having a good year um I mean there are guys who are having good years yeah, really good years like Trevor Bauer Sonny Gray like just in general but mm-hmm. 135 ERA dude yeah 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 <laughs> I don't I don't have any yeah I don't blame you like we try to be different but like our our mentality here on the show yeah. for everything is like we don't want to force it and I would yeah. rather if you you know and I'd rather do what Alex just did there uh with Yastrzemski where it's saying like I'm just going to mention someone different just you know bring that up but you know this is where my mind actually is and that's that's to me what's more our organic radio or podcast in this instance here but yeah I mean it's 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 those two for me as well they're their numbers don't lie, and they're both young studs on teams that have a lot of young talent around them. They're going to be good for a while. I'm looking forward to watching them both dominate for a while. So we can just move right along. Alex, I'm going to do rookie of the year picks here. I'll start us off. American League, a guy the Pirates just saw, a guy that hit a walk-off home run on Sunday afternoon on the south side of Chicago, Luis Robert. Fun to watch. Another very, I mean, he's a mammoth of a human. I have a hard time believing he's only 6'2", 210. He looks like someone the Steelers would draft in the fifth round and make a four-time Pro Bowler at receiver out of. He's just, he's just <laughs> built like a freaking brick house, man. And he, he hits the ball so hard. He hits the ball so hard. Um, this is a guy that got trout comparisons at the beginning of the year. I don't know if that's fair. I, I don't think it's fair to compare anyone at the age of 22 years old to Mike Trout. Um, it's just, you know, that's a lot of pressure. But, I mean, he's, he's having a really good year. He's hitting home runs. He's playing good defense. He's doing it all. He's got a high war. He's doing well. Um, wait a second. Oh, that's who I sent you. Damn it. I had another pick for rookie of the year uh, that I actually didn't, didn't want it to be Robert. But, Go ahead. Or no, I NL. Anyway, uh, Jake Cronworth from the Padres. He has been silently a very good player uh, on the on a very surprised team, the Padres. Um, add some pop to the lineup, play some good defense. Another talented infielder. They've got many of them now. So yeah, Jake Cronworth, Cronworth, and Luis Robert. I I sent you Robert, and I had a case for him, but. After I thought of Robert, I thought of another guy who gives him a run for his money. Let's see if you think of him. Is it Kyle Lewis by chance? It is Kyle Lewis. See, and I had Kyle Lewis written Good. down. Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably going to go to Robert because there's going to be more eyeballs on the White Sox because they're in the playoff chase mm-hmm. right now. But Kyle Lewis has matched him hit for hit yeah. so far, if not a little more uh, – he just plays on a really bad Mariners team. I'll say it. I'll say it also. Yeah. I want him to be Ken Griffey Jr. Just because he's on the Mariners. He's you know, he's not a young, going to be Ken yeah, He's not. Jr. He's not. And no one will be. But, like, I just, I just want him to be. But anyway, yeah, like, we'll pump the brakes there. But, yeah, this kid has a bright future. We can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's exciting. Yeah. And as for NL, it's Cronworth. And I, mm-hmm. really, I will admit, as someone who covers National League Baseball – my mind went to, I can't really think of any National League rookies notable. And I, I'll admit, I cheated here. This is the only one I cheated and looked up, you know, stats for just to see what the rookie feels like. It's pretty You're allowed weak. to look up stats. You're allowed to do research to 
go off of your selections. You can- See, I, I, yes, you, okay, yes, you should. I will if I get a vote. I guess I should say that yeah. stuff. But, but I feel like the first gut reaction in my head should get a big, you know, saying it also. Mm-hmm. Like last year, who's the rookie and no rookie MVP? Pete Alonso. I don't need any stats to say, you know, Pete Alonso was the best. But yeah, it's a pretty thin class compared it's, to. It's also just hard year. to evaluate rookies when they've only played thirty-one games. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's just it, that's just difficult. You know, like, did we know who Pete Alonso was thirty-one games into last year? Yeah, but like, the hype wasn't nearly as was what it was. You know, in August or whatever, after he won the home run derby and he was had the Mets in the conversation. That's when he was a no doubter. Uh, yeah, it's hard to pick a rookie. It's easy to pick MVPs when you know these guys or whatever. But, like, Cromer mm-hmm. plays A's on the West Coast, and B, again, he's a freaking rookie. We, we knew nothing about him coming in. He wasn't, like, a top-level – you know, he wasn't a, a uh, Gavin Lux, you know, top can't-miss prospect, you know? Yeah, and he's in a lineup with Tatis, Machado. <laughs> like, Eric Cosmer, everyone – Everyone's favorite. There, there are a lot baseball. of there are a lot of people that steal the stuff or the yeah. spotlight. Yeah, I agree. Not the stoplight. All right, uh, manager of the year. Wrap it up. In the AL, I have uh, Renteria on the White Sox. I think this is a team that has taken a big step this year. He's a big reason why. I was fortunate enough to, you know, see how people talked about him. Whatever I got to cover that quick White Sox series, very well-respected member in there. I, I, I remember him from the Cubs. I thought he was going to be a good fit for the Cubs, and they ditched him for Madden. I mean, I won a World Series for them, so you can't really argue it. But he's a good baseball man, good guy to lead the way there. And it's an all-Chicago sweep for me. I think David Ross – for the Cubs has done a fantastic job. That is a team that had obviously all the talent in the world, but the last couple years had not brought it all together. Ross is bringing it all together. We'll have to see how it goes in the postseason, but right now they've been clear in a way, in my mind, the second best team in the National League yeah. so far this season behind the Dodgers. That's fair. Um, I have two different picks, though. I think my AL manager of the year is Charlie Montoyo of the Toronto Blue Jays. Good pick, Cons- good pick. Considering that the Blue Jays are right now a playoff team, uh, how young they are with all that young talent. I mean, it takes a special kind of manager to be able to hone that in and keep them focused. And considering that they got kicked out of their own country at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year, they thought they were going to be playing in Toronto. Then they thought they were going to be playing in Pittsburgh. Now they're playing in Buffalo. I mean, they're all over. They've played home games in DC. They've, they've, They've had a lot to deal with, and for them to translate all of that chaos into success with a young team like they have, that's impressive. And even if they don't make the playoffs, they're clear buyers at the deadline. Um, This is valuable experience that we talked about in the beginning of the year. We said if the Pirates can just be in the conversation and they can get these young guys experience playing meaningful baseball in September, that is incredibly valuable. That's not happening for the Pirates, but that is happening for the Blue Jays. The guys like Biggio, Bichette, Vladdy Jr., all these, you know, they have a young catcher, they have some young arms. All these young guys that they've worked hard to develop, that Sherrington helped develop, um, playoffs or not, they're going to be playing some high-pressure, high-situation, high-attention baseball that's going to make them better 
for years to come when they're all actually in their prime and their contention window is wide open. So that's that's huge on him. Good for him. I think he wins it, especially if they make the playoffs. I think that's a no-brainer. And from the National League, similar situation where it's a guy who's made the most through dealing with chaos. We'll go with Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly for the Florida Marlins. Do I think the Marlins are going to be a playoff team? Probably not. Uh, but if they are, there's no way anyone else wins this award by, aside from Don Mattingly. And it's probably the most impressive managerial job of all time. If the, even if they sneak in, like they go like 29 and 31 or something, whatever the case may be, if the Marlins make the playoffs, Don Mattingly deserves a statue outside of that stadium in, in Miami simply because they're playing with guys who are speed skaters, guys who are in single A. I mean, they're the freaking Marlins to begin with. They have like nobody on the team that really anyone knows anyway. I mean, it's a short season. It's going to be crazy. But the Marlins making the playoffs – would be probably one of the most unpredictable things to happen in 2020, which is saying a lot. So. I, I have a hard time <laughs> giving it to Manningly though, after playing in that early series, even though they knew they had a lot of positive tests. Was, was that him though? Or was that. He gave the say to the players. Oh. Yeah. Which is why major league baseball has been extremely. <laughs> has been extremely concerned and why the Pirates and Reds didn't finish their series, even though there was only the one positive test, you know, and they had a couple days off to test everyone. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. I I guess I can't 100% blame them because Major League Baseball didn't make it abundantly clear. They had to change protocols again, but, yeah, that's a bad look. Yeah, I mean, the country was only shut down for four months. You know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't understand how serious it was. Ah, I forgot about the coronavirus. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was too busy being locked in my hotel room, not being allowed to do anything to think about it. Alex, any final remarks? Trade deadline. Give me a bold prediction for the trade deadline. Uh, it doesn't have to be Pirates related. Oh, not Pirates related? Just in general. It Just in be. general? Okay, uh, Mike Clevenger goes to the Padres. I'm going to say Clevenger to the Braves. I'm going to say Lance Lynn to the Braves as well. They get both. Braves going for it. Braves are Make going my for Yankees it. over Braves World Series pick finally come true. Yeah, they're going to get Lance Lynn and Mike Clevenger. That's my bold prediction. We'll see how wrong we both are tomorrow. We got a good show tomorrow. Pirates, Brewers, series recap. Not recap, but we'll talk about that. And uh, and the trade deadline. We're going to have trade deadline coverage at DK Pittsburgh Sports all day long. We got a new app. We got a new website. We it's got a lot. Finally here. Like, I, I thought I you were going to say fire, which it also, also is. I know, I know all the readers and listeners are excited. But just speaking as the guy who came in over a year ago and being told, like, man, you got to see this app that we're building right now just to finally have the Odyssey be over. And we can actually use it. I've waited a long three weeks, Alex, so I yeah. know how you feel. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. We will see you all next uh, – not next week. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to DK Sports Radio, the podcast to be named later.